Hello, everyone. Welcome to Roll Up, the official Phil Singer Games podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Fain, and I'm joined uh, by the tournament master, Todd Jorschel. Todd, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, finished up a little while ago with the uh, Uncharted Territories crew uh, doing a doubleheader tonight of podcasts. Let's play two. Let's, Let's play, play two. two. Well, uh, I will say I was a partial game there because I was not aware of the time change of the start of the podcast. I was not informed of which, and uh, I came <laughs> at the time that I thought we were starting, and uh, I was perfectly on time for that. Unfortunately, I was about a half an hour late. Uh, well, you know, I, I I think there's definitely somebody to blame in all of this, and I don't know that it's you. No, I'm looking forward to hearing the episode. Uh, obviously, you know, doing the draft and everything uh, should be a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah. I look forward to seeing. Uh, I, I even missed the Tim T-shirt plug. I'm very, I'm interested to see oh, how man. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll have to go back and listen to that too. Um, but uh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, glad to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, and recording with you tonight. That's right. Just the two of us once again. Uh, good times uh, are in the offing for sure. Uh, we got a lot of ground that we actually want to cover uh, tonight. Um, so uh, I think we'll just dive right in. It's not necessarily, I don't think that it's going to be a long episode by any stretch, but um, there's obviously uh, uh, lots of stuff to to talk about uh, yeah. in, in the game world as well as the real world. Uh, but let's hit up the game world first. Of course, it's teaser season. Um, we have some new teasers uh, beginning for War Games 2093 Reimagined, the Advanced Guard is coming to the reimagined collection. A mysterious new manager has arrived on the scene and begun transforming classic hero wrestlers into sadistic, bloodthirsty villains. Wait until you meet him and learn about the most controversial new tag team in the GWF, the Advanced Guard. Just who are Cannibal, the Headhunter, and Chopper-Matic? The answers will stun you. Uh, I'm going to get this right out of the bat. That Cannibal artwork is awesome awesome i love it like if if this was the artwork that the original no no disrespect but but if this is the artwork that the original had had he probably would have fared a lot better as far as like the push that he received in my fed uh because i i i was kind of like you know with with cannibal with this artwork i'm just sort of like oh okay yeah i know i know how i want to use this guy uh and and chopper matic fares well uh uh, there's no doubt about that i was talking with barry walsh actually last night and uh, one of the things that uh uh, Malice Lover mentioned uh, is that uh, the artwork for him it could not beat the iconic original because he doesn't have his cap. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, lost it. Different different strokes for different folks. I still think it looks really great. Um, they 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 feel a little bit more sadistic and a little bit in line with I think uh, with what the narrative was going for than maybe the original artwork did. Uh, at least in my humble opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two, Todd? Oh no! Really, really great artwork. Um, you know, I think, yeah, I got to see it as the works in progress too. Um, and I think, yeah, just really kind of came together. Uh, both of them, the Cannibal one, I know originally, uh, the first one didn't have like the the bones that he was holding. It didn't have mm. the cauldron. And I think once that got put in there, like really put it over the top and the coloring and shading of the light, I think, I mean, overall, I mean, I just think it's an awesome, awesome picture. Yeah. Um, and then Chopper Matic, uh, yeah, the Chopper Matic's still really good. I say, I think, I think pretty much everybody agrees, you know, Cannibal is definitely the, uh, the, the, the better of the two, but Chopper, I think on his own is really, really good. There was another, I know the, the coloring that was of the online version, um, 
the, the, the 2093 Chuck Carter colored one has them all bloodied up and whatnot. Yeah. So there was like a bloody, bloody version of this one too. That's an alternate, but I think in the end, I think you get a, get, a, you get the, the, the craziness from this art without all the blood on it there. So I agree. I, I agree. I think it works fine. I'm going back and looking at the original artwork for Chopper Matic and I, I got to ask Barry now. I'm like, Barry, he's not wearing a cap in the original art. I, I when you said that I was just playing along because I didn't think he did, but yeah, you know, I, I mean, I honestly I didn't there. I didn't go to look back at it and I didn't go to you know what I mean like I, I, I when he said that and I was just sort of like oh okay, uh, but uh, but now I'm looking at it and I, f- I feel bad because you know here I am sharing what he said to me and it was wrong and I've made him I've made well, him look his foolish. cap is the All same right. exact. Colors his hair. I don't know. I know, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, unless it's somehow been, you know, skillfully edited out on the online version, but because uh, I don't have the card in front of me. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, the the like you said, there's blood uh, uh, all over Chopper in the uh, in, in the colorized version for online, and it even looks like there's like you know potentially some hair and uh, other matter in uh, his axe. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I I love the art for both of these. Uh, I, I think it looks really great. And, and again, that cannibal artwork is just, is, is just awesome. So I'm really looking forward to, um, to seeing what else we've got. You know, I thought that uh, alpha force looked suitably heroic and, and, uh, you know, like I was mentioning last week, the, the way that Warner was able to sort of, somehow kind of amalgamize the, the, the faces, uh, to, yeah. to, you know, whether intentional or not, that it does look like, Oh, this is Omega son, star warriors, brother, bloodlines, uncle. Like it's like, it all makes sense to me. So, um, Next up for the best of, of the Indies women's set, uh, Janai Kai has been announced uh, as the next entry. Um, this is someone that I, I got uh, a little bit familiar with because she wrestled some tag matches with Nicole Savoy in Shimmer. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, at the time she was she was pretty fresh um, on the scene, but uh, but still, I, I thought you know brought a lot to the table and and and, and is somebody that I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, to seeing uh, to seeing what she does what she does next because I, I think that she's got uh, a really nice you know career in front of her. Um, yeah, no, I, she's uh, got a great look, uh, very unique style uh, within the women's wrestling uh, ranks. There, uh, done a lot of thick with on GCW. I've seen her on AEW Dark before too, um, and uh, yeah, no, it's just I think a. Uh, Really, uh, really good, uh, a really good wrestler, and, and glad to have her in the game. You know, I know. Uh, I think uh, it was this. It might have been a WrestleMania weekend signing for Zeke. I, I could be mistaken, but this is one that I kind of mentioned. He mentioned uh, a couple of the shows he was going to, and I, I said, "Hey, make sure to get her because I, I think uh, I think you know we might see more for her in the future." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with her card because again, I think she's one of those people that has has just grown so much, you know, in that pandemic era. Uh, her career started really right before the pandemic, um, and then you know this pandemic hits. Wrestling's you know in a really weird place, uh, and yet I, I think that there's a lot of young talent that that really somehow is able to take advantage of it and um, you know just grow so much over yeah. the course of those those couple of years when they weren't necessarily, you know, wrestling in the same way that they had been. Um, but she's definitely, I, I think, someone uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, and, and it's easy to do because 
she's she's kind of everywhere right now. You know, whether like you mentioned Dark, uh, but but also GCW. Um, you know, and she's she's all over IWTV with multiple promotions there. Um, and she's yeah. and she's facing all kinds of really great talent that we already have in the game, like Shaza McKenzie, Mia Yim. Um, she's even got uh, a tag match that she had recently against Brooke Valentine uh, and Willow Nightingale. Of course, Brooke Valentine was recently released in the IPW set. Um, so yeah, some some great names, uh, and of course Nicole Savoy, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is someone that she's uh, not only partnered with but also squared off against. So, uh, and I'm seeing here, according to Cage Match, her most recent match was against the Wounded Owl Lufisto, um, which is pretty cool. I love seeing that Lufisto is still is still at it because I know for a while there there was some question, especially when she got her cancer diagnosis, but. Um, I'm glad that she's she's doing well because uh, she's she's fantastic. Uh, anyway, uh, so those are our teasers for this week. Of course, we'll have a couple more for you next week. I know that there was a question on the boards about um, Promoter Prime teasers as it pertains to the Legends side of things. Todd, did you want to address that? Uh, with the I'm sorry, can you? Where was what was the the question that we had? Yes, of course. Uh, it was basically there was some speculation and, and questions about it, when and if we would be getting teasers for Promoter Prime specifically on the Legends side of things. Oh, as we're not I getting Friday teasers right now. You know, we're only doing Monday and, and we're Wednesday. Not, yeah, we don't have a full Legends release, so we're not doing the Friday. But yeah, there will be uh, some Legends Prime teasers that will happen uh, before the release. Um, it'll be probably some Friday ones, not uh, not on the. Um, uh pre-order day but on uh maybe right right before that maybe right after it as well uh so the pre-order day just so you know everybody we are planning for uh friday september 16th will be the pre-order day for uh war games 2093 and uh the women of the indies uh 2022 um and then uh yeah prime uh, we'll be with that. Obviously, you know, you, you can order that at any time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, though, that'll be the uh, pre-order day for those two fall release sets, and we'll look to have uh, everything out. Uh, we're, we're aiming for by the end of by the end of September. We'll, we're have, looking to have everything mailed out. Nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, without giving too much away, of course, last night there was a conversation about the Indies women's set and, and kind of finalizing the roster. And, and I, I almost want to put finalizing air quotes because the truth of the matter is that you know, we're, we're tentatively, you know, kind of penciling in the last spot because there's the hope that there could be, you know, another signing or two. And, and, and if that happens, then we, we want to get them in and it, you know, it could it could be a last minute sort of thing. Um, yeah. so, so it's happened before know, we, we had Tessa right? Blanchard coming <laughs> at the last minute, that's been known to happen. So when you, when you put those target dates on stuff, I think one of the things that, you know, people obviously get a little anxious and they want their cards and, you know, and that's completely understandable. I mean, obviously you put your pre-order in, you want to get it as soon as you possibly can. You're excited. Um, but sometimes, you know, the reason why things run a little late is because, there's that last minute name and now we got to get artwork and we got to, you know, delay printing and we got to, you know, we got to get stats. We got to do all this sort of stuff. So, uh, uh, hopefully if, if for any reason things do get delayed, that's the reason why, uh, <laughs> cause there are of course myriad reasons why it could happen, but, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think, you know, with the reimagined set, obviously the artwork's already looking really cool. You know, 2093 could kind of be the capstone for the reimagined project. Um, you know, we'll see where it leads after this, but then, uh, of course with the best of the women in Indies. I mean, I always get excited at, at the prospect of having more uh, women in the game. Um, 
because it's no secret. We talked about this, I think, a little bit last week. We've you know, we've got a backlog at this point, so it's like yeah. you know we have we have such a, a wonderful roster to kind of choose from, but it's also hard because you think to yourself, man, I wish we could do, I wish we could do more than just like these eight cards once a year. But uh, but that's what Prime is for as well. So uh, and there may yeah. be there may be some other other ways, maybe something else, maybe we'll some see. other vehicle as well. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, so stepping away from Filsinger Games for a moment, uh, let's briefly touch on the real world uh, of professional wrestling. Of course, we've been talking uh, at length the past few weeks uh, about sort of the renewed you know, revitalization uh, of WWE uh, under the helm of Triple H, and uh, and also, of course, how AEW uh, has had to, you know, quite frankly, sort of step things up a bit, and, and whether or not they've been able to to accomplish that, uh, certainly across the board, is, is, is up for discussion. But I will say that you know one of the coolest things that's happened uh, in recent memory in, in pro wrestling, quite frankly, um, was the return of Johnny Gargano this past uh, Monday on Raw. And, 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 and the reason I say that is because it was a secret. Nobody knew it was coming. There were no leaks. There was no, you know, there was no Fightful article. There was no Wrestling Observer article. There was no, you know, Alvarez tweet or Meltzer tweet or whatever. It was a complete and total surprise. And the lengths that, that Triple H specifically went to to keep it a surprise um, you know, were exactly what was needed. And I think we all benefited from the fact that it was a surprise and it's okay. It's okay to drop the hints. It's okay to know what's coming. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course, I think we've been extremely satisfied uh, when that's happened, uh, you know, even in recent past with some of the stuff in, in AEW in particular, but for this to happen the way that it did uh, and to come off the way that it did, obviously he got a huge reaction. I think, I think honestly it surprised him a little bit, even, you know, he's in Toronto. They didn't do it in Cleveland. Right. You know, and, right, and, right. and, and I think the thing is though, I just believe that triple H knew that that was what was going to happen. I don't think there was a doubt in his mind that Gargano was going to get over even with people that didn't necessarily know who he was, but the music hit, and then, you know, the, the little rebel heart kind of emoji thing came up on the screen and the crowd, I mean, a good portion of the crowd, this wasn't a case of like a vocal, you know, minority of NXT supporters or indie wrestling supporters went crazy for it. Like it was a large portion of the crowd and the rest of the crowd, of course, got swept along with it. And then he delivers this, you know, awesome babyface promo. They're with him hundred percent of the way. Austin Theory comes out. He gives Austin Theory a super kick. The crowd is just eating it up. I mean, like oh, it's not, great. it's not a stretch to say that Johnny Gargano is probably one of their like top three or four baby faces right now and he hasn't even wrestled a match on the main roster <laughs> it's true it's true so it was it was really cool and uh i was i was glad to see it and i thought raw on the whole um you know i didn't get to catch the whole show live but from what i did see of the show and what i read about the show after it sounded like it was a great show you know and and i would have loved to have watched it live there's just there's, there's a lot going on for me right now so uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh i was i wasn't able to catch it live but I, I mean i thought the whole show from what i saw what i did what i did see and what i read was just another solid show um and 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 the fact that thus far they have been able to do what was once thought to be impossible or at least highly improbable by all of the pundits and all of the armchair you know bookers out there and that is book a 3 hour show that I want to watch for those 3 hours you know, and, and the reason why they've been able to do it is because they're utilizing their talent. 
they're they're putting on wrestling matches. You know, they're having the not. I mean, we didn't even talk about the fact that Trish Stratus was there. You know, yeah. and that was cool. It's like, hey, I just saw you a few weeks ago. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, and you know, obviously she got a great reaction there in Toronto. Um, they closed the show with with Edge, and you know, had Beth Phoenix come out and everything, which again was I mean perfect. They're in Canada. Why not? Yep. I did read that post show. Um, that Edge got on the mic to the live audience and said that WWE has a date set for August 23rd next year in the venue and that he said that that would be the perfect time to wrestle his last match. Wow. Okay. So if he's, you know, if if, if this is the, you know, the Edge retirement tour, uh, I can't wait to see, you know, what they do. Um, it's clear that he's, you know, he's, he's in great shape. Um, he, he, he brings so much to the table. And I think if they, if they don't screw the pooch, like they have for the past, like two <laughs> years with him, that, that they could tell a really wonderful, incredible story. And it would be the perfect opportunity, the best opportunity that they have had thus far to bring John Cena back for a match. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because I, I mean, if you're telling me that SummerSlam next year can be headlined by by Cena and Edge, like I'm in. Uh, I'll take that match. You know, or even yeah, I guess would it be the headliner or or at least you know semi I, right? It would be the sentimental headliner anyway. Sentimental headliner for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think for, that was, for a while they were like you know they were like one of the two or three best things about WWE. Oh, for sure. Um. Anything to add? Sorry, I've kind of just rambled on about Raw here for a minute and WWE, but it's you know it's probably refreshing for some of our listeners to hear me talk so glowingly about WWE. <laughs> That's the thing is, it's like I love wrestling, I love WWE, but but at the same time, I have a hard time, I have a hard time BSing my way through something and just being like, oh, wrestling's great, you know. It's like no, I'm if if, if I think it's bad, I'm going to tell you that I think it's bad. Well, I mean, you you know, I listen to a number of podcasts, and probably most of the podcasts I listened to have not been very high in WWE in the, in the past few years. And, and I think a lot of them have turned around and I think a lot of the, a lot of the skeptical public, you know, or like, you know, at least the, the hardcore wrestling fans that were just kind of turned off by WWE are definitely finding something, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's really, it's a different structure. I mean, I, I, I still, you know, have a hard time with the three hours there, I, I, but, sure. I, but I've been actually going through and, Going back and like watching it, you know, I I do get some texts from uh, from Rob and Jim Steele with things going on. I'm like, hmm, I might actually have to check that out, you know. Whereas <laughs> in the past, I'm like, okay, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll I'll hear about it later on. Sure. But now I'm actually going back and watching the stuff, you know, yeah. which is I, I I say I've not been doing very much at all in the last, you know, since uh, I'd say. Uh, you know, October 2nd of uh, 2019, uh, probably after that, I, I have not been watching much WWE uh, that's yeah. in the last month. I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly the same for me. Um, you know, I think for a while there, I watched it because it was what there was, you know, yeah. and, and the yeah. minute that, that that wasn't the case, you, you know, it was kind of refreshing to, to watch something else. And, 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 and I've been, you know, I've absolutely taken opportunities to be critical with AEW. And, and, and I think that uh, they, um, it's funny going back and looking at those early shows, the roster has changed so much. And, you know, obviously you still have those linchpin, like core 
guys that are that are around um, and still, you know, towards the top of the card, you, you know, uh, like the Bucks and, and Adam Page and Chris Jericho. And, you know, you've yeah. seen kind of the evolution of guys like Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. But um but it's it's interesting to see like how many names aren't around anymore. How many names kind of came from that sort of like you know lucha underground kind of you know not specifically that show, but a lot of names did obviously. And then and then you also had some of those kind of like you know indies. I mean, I mean, I'm not even necessarily going to call them great workers, but guys that were doing crazy things, at least, you know, right. um, and, and the rosters just changed so much in the past three years. And, and, and there's no doubt that they had an incredibly strong run um, for probably a little over a year where I just felt like there was no wrestling. There was no wrestling show. There was no wrestling that I was seeing current that that could hold a candle to it. Um, and I yeah, think like, that, for, for, for me, it was like, yeah, I had. You know, for a while I had Chikara as my alternative, and then I had Lucha Underground as my alternative, and then you know, it just kind of wasn't anything for a while until AEW came around. And a lot of those guys I liked from those shows were the ones that you know came over there, and I'm like, okay, no, I'm definitely in. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I, I still probably I still watch AEW a lot more. I just you know with the the pace of it and just you know, some of the you know, some of the characters that I like and you know and just the, the, the amount of time to invest in watching everything you know fit fits for with me a little bit better. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's definitely more interest in, in WWE, um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a fun weekend coming up with uh, two pay per views in you know in, in one weekend there. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree, and I think the AEW has done some really really wonderful stuff recently. Um, you know, we talked about like Daniel Garcia last week. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about like Punk's promo. We, you know, we don't have a lot of new to talk about because of course we're recording on Tuesday. And and dynamite airs on a Wednesday, but I, I feel like um, the, the the one little thing that I want to talk about, I don't want to get in the weeds about it, is the the CM Punk you know rumor mill and 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 everything that's being said about uh, you know his his behavior backstage and and it's very hard for me a lot of times to just not assume that it's a work because it's wrestling, you know, and it's, it's all a work. Right. But, uh, but if it's not, I, I, this is the crazy thing. I think that, you know, both companies have gotten into a position where, you know, punk's return gave us an indelible moment in wrestling history. And, and, and I will argue that with anyone, Uh, you know, I, I just, I've never seen anything like it. It was incredible. It was wonderful. It was amazing. I'm glad he's back. Glad he wrestled some matches. I, I, from the minute it it became clear that they were going to put him on a run towards the title, I I started to kind of think to myself, I don't know if I want that. You know, I want Adam Page to hold the belt for a year. I want, you know what I mean? Like I didn't necessarily want that. Um, and then it happened and I thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful. I was super excited about it. And then of course the injury happens and you're just like, well, this sucks. And then he comes back and there's all these kind of like rumors about stuff. But the thing is, is it's like being the elite played it up in in their episode, you know, which either means they're taking the piss out of it because it's like, oh, we don't give a shit what CM Punk does, you know, or says about Adam Page or whatever. Or, you know, they're they're leaning into it because, again, it's, you know, it's just it's just a work. You know, it's like what better way what better way to get the crowd to turn on somebody like CM Punk than to have everybody telling you he's being a dick backstage. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which isn't a far stretch for anyone to believe because. 
he's been a dick backstage before. So like, you know, so, so I, I, I'm kind of on the fence, especially with all the reality bending, you know, crap that they, that they did with MJF and the idea that apparently MJF is, is, is coming back soon and, and, and yada, yada. It's just kind of like, well, clearly they, you know, they, they did a work there. It's a work that I'm not necessarily a huge fan of, but we'll see because it's still, you know, it's not finished yet. Right. Like if he's coming back, clearly there's more to the story. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, when it's all said and done and all told, like it's, if this is the way that they turn punk heel, great. And if it means that we get a heel punk losing the title to a babyface MJF, I'm going to kind of be like, what world are we in? But at the same time, but at the same time, I think I'm going to kind of eat it up, especially if then babyface MJF turns right around and becomes a monster heel again. Like what better way for him to one up like everybody by like convincing them that he's going to be, you know, save you from the, from the, the big bad heel CM Punk. And then, you know, and then turns right around and just spits in your face, which is a very MJF thing to do. So, and it's, and it was the entire theme of, of the punk MJF feud to begin with. So, um, anyway, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about the, the punk rumors? Um, I don't know what to think. Yeah. It was kind of threw me off there. Just, you know, as I, said, I didn't get to watch everything as it kind of played out last week and just kind of seeing it in clips and stuff like that. But I did get to go back and kind of see how it started off with him and Paige. It was very confusing. I didn't know what to really make of it. Um, and then just kind of seeing that, oh, all of a sudden now the match is going to be this week and not at the pay-per-view? Or is it still going to be the pay-per-view? Like, who knows what's going to happen? Again, we're recording before the show. But that just right. threw me off. With like, wait, we're just going to just do the match next week. Uh, okay. I don't know why, but it, it, yeah, what 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 the thing is, you know, how much reality is there, or how much they're playing up that it's supposed to be reality, you know, like I don't know, maybe maybe it's just you know trying to play, you know, too many, you know, too many moves ahead in chess, and then something. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's what Tony's doing, Tony Khan's doing now. I have no idea, or you know, maybe they just need to get the belt off of Punk and. I, I, who knows? We'll, we'll find right. out tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have a feeling that... Uh, I never saw Punk as necessarily being a long-term champ. I think the plan was, obviously, had he not gotten injured to do another summer of Punk, where he just, you know, but, but this time it was, you know, it was... It was on his terms where I feel like, you know, the Ring of Honor Summer of Punk was kind of on his terms, but at the same time, it was the idea that he was really leaving this company. And then obviously the second Summer of Punk was not really on his terms because he's with WWE, which means everything was on Vince's terms until a few weeks ago. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, and now I feel like, you know, with the relationship that he had with Khan, like I think it was going to be, again, it was just going to feel like it was more on his terms. And, I don't know. Um, if they want to keep the belt on him, that's great. I don't, I, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think he should beat Moxley. I just don't. I think, I, I think, I think Mox is, to me, if, if you've got anyone that's untouchable in that company right now, it should be John Moxley. I wouldn't beat John Moxley with, with God right now. Sorry, I just offended somebody, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but like, but, but seriously, like, I, I just wouldn't. I, I think Moxley should, yeah, he shouldn't lose to, to anybody anywhere anytime soon for any reason. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, that was the whole thing. I didn't know, you know, w- you know, where you're going to come out of this here. I mean, part of me thinks it, it will go, you know, if everything's really okay with punk, my thought is it goes back to punk. Sure. And then you just kind of move forward. Cause that's a lot of times what, what, what Tony Khan does is like, Oh, if somebody gets injured, we just pause. And then once they're, everybody's back, we can continue on like the whole thing with the, um, 
House of Black versus the uh, oh, Death Trap. Right. Death, yeah, right. Yeah, and good then, point. then Phoenix got injured, and then suddenly it's right. like, well, okay, we're going to hold off. And then the next pay per view, they did it then and didn't really progress much in there, right? You know, with the team since then. So, like, I could just see, like, okay, Punk's back. Let's let's move ahead with, with Punk then and uh, as champion and we'll do what we're going to do, kind of planning to do beforehand i don't know that that if i was to take a guess I, that's the way i would go uh that that's that gonna be but i've been surprised before no i mean I, I to be completely honest as you're saying it i think you're absolutely right i i i you know for me the reason i i, I guess if you're gonna have somebody beat him beat moxley that is it, it makes sense that it would be punk under these circumstances yeah i just like i would be protecting punk the way ghetto is you know, protected Okada over the past, you know what I mean? Not that Okada couldn't lose, especially during the G1. Like, you know, Okada would lose matches during the G1, right? But like, yeah. Not not the final though. (laughs) No, not the final, not the final. That's for sure. Uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. And I think that they're doing some great storytelling, you know, in in other arenas as well. And, and we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, One other quick note is that the women's uh, title mat or uh, tag team title tournament over in WWE, uh, they did have to reshuffle some stuff because one of the teams uh, got injured, or at least that's what's being reported is that Gigi Dolan was, was injured. So toxic attraction is now out of the tournament. Um, which is too bad because they'd been brought in, obviously up from NXT to take part in the tournament. Um, yeah. So they're going to have they like were this... a replacement team for another, you know, right. injured NXT talent there. Yeah, yeah, it is unfortunate. And so now we're going to get like a second chance uh, fail four way on um, SmackDown uh, to determine the team that will kind of get back in. So uh, we'll see. I, I, you know, that's the other thing that WWE has been doing right now that I think that they can certainly put over anyone. And, and that's the way that they've been featuring the women. Um, you know, I think that, that, uh, the way that they've been, you know, not only driving storylines and driving ratings, quite frankly, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're getting great ratings. Um, uh, but also the in-ring time and the matches that we're getting to see, we're getting to see, I mean, the, the fact that they teased on Monday night, uh, Asuka and Io Sky was just, it, I mean, the audience ate it up and they were only in the ring. I read this, but they were only in the ring for like 28 seconds or something like that. Uh. Uh, uh, and, and, so, and so, you know, they're, they're being smart. Keep them, you know, keep them apart. Right. Cause when you finally get the chance, it'll be the first time they've, they faced one another in like 10 years. Um, so it'll, it'll be, it'll be something cool. I think for a lot of, a lot of folks, but anyway, um, so moving out of the real world wrestling realm. Oh, just, and, just one, oh, one more oh, thing oh, here. Yeah. I just say we were talking about tournaments, you know, and, and of course I, I always have my mind on tournaments. Uh, we also have the trios tournament going on in AEW, um, and yeah, the big match. Uh, yeah, I kind of yeah, we had the the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega uh, last week won that their match. Uh, the best friends advance. Uh, this week we have uh, Death Triangle versus Will Ospreay and Austin Open and my thinking is it's going to go like however other Aussie open matches on AEW with them taking the L. Yeah. Um, well, certainly Will Ospreay is certainly not going to have his shoulders down for Will's three. Will Ospreay's shoulders <laughs> not be on the bat, but I, one of the Aussie open guys, I think, will. And that'll that'll be an interesting setting up um, Death Triangle versus Young Bucks and Kenny Omega because you have some big, long-standing feuds there, you know, some really big matches in the past. You know, the, the I think the only Iron Man match 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, in AEW was uh, Pac versus Kenny Omega. And then obviously all the great matches with the Bucks and uh, the Lucha Bros. So kind of bringing that trios match in there, I think that'll be pretty neat. Yeah. And then on the other the other side, we got um, uh, the House of Black versus the Dark Order. And I know there's a lot of people thinking House of Black's going to do well here, but I think they're on their way to a collision course with Miro, Darby, and Sting at the mm-hmm. pay-per-view. And the way it seems here is it's going to be a little bit of a Dark Order Cinderella story with Hangman Page in the corner. That yeah. really seems where this is going here. You know, it's kind of so they get past the House of Black, then they get the best friends. I think they can make their way through up to the finals and facing the Bucks and Kenny. That's the story they want to tell. Like, I, that that's what's going to happen here. Um, if, if you, I don't know if anybody's been watching Being the Elite. The whole thing before was uh, Hangman Page trying to convince uh, the four Dark Order members that they would be the best trio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was kind of funny. It's like, yeah, there's four letters in trio. You need four of you guys to be part of that trio. But, you know, but uh, Uno will not be there. It's going to be 10 and uh, Silver and Reynolds. But I, I see them making it all the way to the finals, taking on the Bucks and Kenny. Uh, is that, that kind of where you see things as well? Yeah, I think that I, I think that that sounds right. You know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for it just because I think that in spite of how many belts they have, which really aren't that many more than WWE has, you know, quite frankly, um, (laughs) I I just think it's, it's refreshing. Um, I don't think it's a title that many promotions have gotten right. uh, Other than Chikara, obviously I, I think that, uh, you know, Ring of Honor. Chikara didn't do it as a title. Well, that's right. It was a tournament. That's tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only, the only one I thought really had some weight to it was in Lucha Underground, but they did not have a tag team title there. They only had the trios right. They only title. had the trios title. Yeah, trios that's a good point. I, yeah, Lucha Underground obviously did it right. Uh, um, but I mean, I, I, Ring of Honor's was okay. I mean, New Japan's has has has, has always been kind of just there you know for whatever um but uh, I think the nwa was kind of similar too outside of maybe, right you know, like the initial tournament and having what uh, was it uh was it dusty and the road warriors i can't remember who i mean there's there, there's some interesting trios i know road warriors are definitely involved in one of them one yeah three-man tag belts but. that's probably that's probably right uh I, I'm, I'm not up on my six-man tag team championship history to be honest with you apparently the belt yeah, was originally debuted belt was originally debuted in may 6 1955 in chicago illinois and it was won by roy mcclarity pat o'connor and yukon eric oh. um so there you go uh the title was kind of just dormant for a long time and then it was revived in um Nick Goulas, uh territory, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Jackie Fargo, George Goulas, and Dennis Hall held the title. Uh, and then finally, when it came to Crockett, uh, let's see, it would have been July 18th, 1984, Ivan Koloff, Nikita Koloff, and Don Kernoodle were uh, the inaugural oh. holders. Um, the Russians, Ivan, Nikita, and Crusher Khrushchev. Uh, after uh, I'm assuming kicking Canoodle to the curb, um, but yeah, Dusty and, and the Road Warriors uh, won it in '86, and then it okay. was kind of they held it for 646 days, and I'm assuming that's just because it wasn't defended. It wasn't defended. That's okay. Um, I remember them being the champions. I don't remember them 
remember, you know, many matches yeah. there. So, yeah. Ooh, here's a cool one that you can do uh, with uh, game cards. That's Ivan Koloff and the Powers of Pain oh. uh, held the, the six-man title for a while. And then, of course, Tenru and the Road Warriors uh, held it. And then where they were the last ones to hold the titles until it was revived by NWA New Jersey, if you can really count that, uh, where, it was, where it was basically it was a one night thing, you know, they, they, yeah, the championship was abandoned in November of 1998. So anyway, there's your little history lesson courtesy of Wikipedia as I do a little research uh, here on the fly. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that AEW would have a really good shot at doing it well, partly because they do have so many factions. Uh, you know, we've got these trios that have been established for quite a while. I think that's the other thing that's nice about this is that, you know, all, a lot of these teams have been around for like two years plus. Yeah. And, and I think that that helps to add a little credibility to the, to the fact that like you've got, these three men, you know, three men units, like, of course, they're going to go after this belt. I am wondering um, if, if, if we're going to see and if the trios in particular will open things up to, uh, you know, some intergender wrestling in AEW, um, because I could see that potentially being the case. Um, Although Chris Statlander got injured again, and apparently it's not good. And that really sucks because I guess she was on the verge yeah. of a major, major push. So anyway, um, so now, now I think we'll 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 drift away from our real world wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we could definitely do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, although, oh no, one more quick thing: the five star oh. Grand Prix, of course, is going on in Stardom, and uh, I did just want to touch on this real quick. One of the things that's really fascinating right now is uh, y- you have kind of like a clear front runner in the Blue Stars. Uh, um, uh, bracket, which is Hazuki. And the thing that's, that's interesting to me about that is that Hazuki has like had a really, her career has been kind of fascinating because she wrestled for about five years with stardom uh, from 2014 to 2019. And then was gone for like almost two years. She retired actually, uh, uh, because she, she felt like she had achieved like all of her goals. She, she wrestled in Madison square garden, for instance, um, as a part of the new Japan ring of honor super show. Um, she held the, the high speed, uh, championship, um, she, you know, she'd been babyface and heel. She, she had won like rookie of the year, etc. Uh, but I, her run has been pretty incredible and she's come back and, 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 and like immediately when she came back, um, she went after Mayu Itami, who of course is, is like the ace in, in stardom. Uh, so it, it's been really interesting, uh, to, to kind of see her run and, and whether or not she ends up winning the whole tournament or not. The fact that she's so far ahead, uh, in her bracket, I think speaks to just all the, the, the confidence that they have in her and hopefully uh, uh, her trajectory. The, the Red Stars is interesting because you've got Itami uh, Hayashishita, who a, a lot of people have kind of pegged to win this year, uh, and Azumi, who are tied at the top. But it's a pretty close race. They've only got eight points each, and I think uh, the next person has uh, six. So it's... Um, you know, yeah, you've got four people with six points, including the champ Shuri, uh, and then the two of them sitting at eight points. So it's really kind of anybody's bracket in the Red Stars. But uh, interesting tournament, and uh, it's it's you know we're we're about halfway done, a little over halfway done now. So uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll all shake out, and uh, with the final being held on October first, it's the largest tournament they've ever had. So it's going on longer this year as well. Um, we, we, how, how many competitors are in the tournament this year? Uh, you were going to ask me that. Um, uh, off the top of my head, let's see. 20, like 30, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's pretty That's big. And it's, and it's round robin. So you've got two blocks of 15 doing Ooh. a round robin tournament. Like it's, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of matches. So the tournament actually kicked off proper on July 30th um, and uh, will continue running uh, through, you know, like September. So, um, 
but it's some of the, I mean, some of the best women's wrestling, you know, that, that, that you get to see. And, and I think the five-star Grand Prix, uh, just because you get the round robin and the different combinations of wrestlers, to me, uh, you know, the, the Princess of Stardom tournament is awesome, uh, or Cinderella tournament, rather. But the um, uh, the five-star Grand Prix, I think, is is superior in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Now, a quick question. I did hear some, uh, one of the podcasts I listened to kind of opine about this, uh, do you think now with the new regime in charge of WWE, do you think that they would ever, uh, Triple H would ever attempt to do a round robin type style tournament like this in WWE? I know Vince would never attempt it, you know, that long right. of a thing while planning together and having to explain standings and stuff like that. <laughs> I, said, I wouldn't see that happening there, but do you think like, I mean, with so many, you know, uh, so much air air time that they have or whatnot, doing some type of a competition like this, do you ever see that happening, or just you don't think it's right for that audience? I don't know that it's right for that audience. To be honest with you, um, I absolutely see there being potential for single elimination tournaments being featured, even bringing back King of the Ring. Sure, um, absolutely. You know, I think that I think the King of the Ring could come back in in a, in a cool way. Uh, I, it's weird too, because there's a part of me that's like, do I want to see a round robin tournament in WWE as it stands right now? I don't think I do. Um, and that might sound weird, but I, I feel like the, the, the type of wrestlers and, and the type of show that they've produced, which is changing obviously, but, yeah. but based off of everything that we've seen for the past, like, you know, decade really, and, and where the talent is that they have, I don't think that the wrestlers, for the most part, obviously there are some some big differences on the roster, but like I couldn't imagine Randy Orton really necessarily in a round robin tournament, and that's not a knock on Randy Orton because Randy Orton is a spectacular wrestler. He's you know he's one of the smoothest wrestlers you'll ever see, and 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 that's fine. Um, but I don't know that he does enough things different, in spite of all the little things that he always gets right and all this sort of stuff, that I would want to see him in like eight matches with different opponents over the course of like a short amount of time. Mm. Um, I think the wonderful thing about that, and again, under the new regime, I could be completely wrong. Maybe they would book things in a way that it would make complete sense to, to do it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. <sighs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. because you've also got wrestlers. You've also got wrestlers that, that, that would be, that are ready made for it. I mean, Finn Balor and AJ Styles could do it with their eyes closed because they've done it before. Sure. You know? Sure. Um, and, and done it well. I mean, both of them, you know, I think, uh, uh, and Finn Balor in particular, of course, because, uh, you know, best of the super juniors and stuff, but like, yeah, I don't know. Like, hey, hey, tell me I've got to watch the Miz in a round Robin tournament. And I'm just sort of like, what's he going to do? Like, what is he really going to do over the course of like, you know, eight, nine matches that's going to make me, well, it could, it could be something know. where it's kind of like how new Japan just did this last one where maybe it's not that many, maybe it's more like, you know, a bracket of six and you have. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. But just kind of like that type of storytelling is, you know. That would make I, a heck I, of a lot more sense, quite frankly. What you just said is to do smaller brackets with fewer matches. Smaller brackets with that. Maybe you have like, you know, two smaller brackets on Raw, two smaller brackets on SmackDown. You play it over the course of, you know, maybe not a short period of time, but maybe over the course of a longer period of time. And there's, you know, something prestigious around it. I don't know. I say I could be, it could be pulled off. But I don't know if there's the motivation to do that. 
Right. But, I don't, yeah, it's an interesting know. question. Interesting question. Right. And I think with the way, you know, with the way things are right now, I mean, you've got money in the bank, you've got the Royal Rumble, you've got, I'm sure there's something else that I'm leaving out. And obviously King of the Ring, you know, when, if it happens again, you already have all of these like opportunities for people to get a title shot and whatnot. So there's sure. this idea of like, what would the WWE version of the G1 get them? Do you know what I mean? Like, Right, because you, you already have the main event of the biggest show of the year is decided by a battle Right, Royal. it's predicated yeah, by, by, by the Rumble. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, do I think we're going to see it anytime soon? No. Do I think it's yeah. a possibility now with the new, you know, the new regime? It's it's certainly possible. I doubt it, though. I again, single elimination. I think I think we'll see single elimination turn. I think we'll see King of the Ring back again. Yeah, yeah. And maybe in a more regular pattern. I could see that happening. Agree. Yeah. Um, it would be this very because they used to do that one for the main event of SummerSlam, you know, like right now, right? you know, like to, to, to have some sort of a thing for that. I think that makes sense. I agree. And it's interesting because I would love to know if I ever got the chance to, you know, ask him questions. I would actually love to know what Triple H thinks of the G1. I would yeah. love to know his thoughts because because uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he's paid attention to it. I mean, the guy watches everything, so oh, of course, whether yeah. you know whether or not he's watching New Japan regularly, who knows? But I'm sure he knows. You know, he, he pays attention. He knows Okada won. Um, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I you know, I, who knows? We'll see what they do. I mean, obviously, the way they're featuring Io Shirai right now uh, um, says a lot. So. Uh, Triple H would be crazy to not go after Okada. Um, but anyway, uh, so now that we've now that we've overstayed our welcome with our real world wrestling talk, uh, let's talk about something else for our main event. And this is all you, Todd, because you've got way more knowledge about it than I do. Um, but you wanted to talk about a little uh, old wrestling. Yes, indeed. Uh, so you know, I thought the timing was right for this. This is one one set that I, uh, or I guess a couple a couple of sets. Uh, that uh, I really have a, a, the fondness for. Um, so this coming up weekend in uh, Norwalk, Ohio, as it has for the previous eight years, is now the ninth uh, extravaganza of wrestling exhibitions, although I think now it's just called the extravaganza. Yeah. Uh, but um, if you're not familiar, it is a 1920s-themed wrestling show, so a lot of characters you might know from the indies, uh, could, could take on some different uh, personalities, you know, little tweaks to their character um, that um, and, and and put on a show. And it's definitely a lot of fun. You know, there's definitely a lot of the guys that you used to see in uh, Jakara. Obviously, a lot of the guys from AIW, since it is in Ohio. Uh, some of those guys are kind of brought in there. Um and just overall a lot of fun. Um, so it is promoted uh, by Marion Fontaine. Um, and um, he does a fantastic job with it. Uh, I, you know, after the first wrestling, uh, extravaganza wrestling exhibitions, uh, it was eight years ago. So you know, that sounds about right. In 2014, I guess. Yeah. I think it was right. Um, actually, yeah, 20. Uh, 2013, actually, it was because yeah, they did take the year off in 2020. Um, you know, it, it, it caught my eye. It seemed very, something very interesting. I love any time where you can kind of take the medium of pro wrestling and kind of do a different twist and have a little bit of fun with that. Um, and so, like, yeah, I, I was right in. And when he put the, up the the DVD for sale, it was um, – the the peachy keen special which he does the, does every year which is a cool package of a bunch of different things and, and the dvd comes in a very very unique packaging um 
And uh, I got that right away. And um, that following January was the um, National Pro Wrestling Day out in Easton, Pennsylvania. This was during the Jakara shutdown and featured the return of Jakara that that day. Uh, but Marion was there as part of that that event. And I you know, got a chance to talk to him at his merch booth, just kind of mention how much I really enjoyed the extravaganza and um, kind of would, would he be interested in maybe doing some cards? And, you know, he was, he was all for it. Um, and so, you know, I thought it'd be something kind of fun and maybe something that we, you know, we, you know, we've been doing the color indie cards for a little bit at that point. Um, we hadn't been doing the color legends cards yet at that point, but soon, soon were, uh, but I thought something that would kind of be cool for like the vintage feel was to do a sepia tone to all mm. the artwork. Uh, and Werner, I think nailed it. Great. You know, I think he, he actually does really color the cards and then puts the sepia filter on top of it. And just in case you're curious about that, <laughs> um, but yeah, we did the, uh, you know, we, we did a, you know, want to do a small set. I know, you know, old wrestling is not as big of a production as, you know, some of the other friends that we were working with at that time, but I thought it was at least, you know, fun to, you know, let's see if we can get like a, a couple cards out there. And you know, I worked a lot with Marion Fontaine to kind of figure out what were the right characters to have as part of that set. So I don't know. Have you ever, do you own this set? Uh, I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll kind of, uh, share it here at least um, amongst us um we could take a look so that the first set again four cards we you know start out with marion fontaine uh the handlebar haberdasher marion <laughs> fontaine um you know he, he didn't have to change his character much his character was always kind of you know really fit into that old school feel um and uh overall um you know not not the strongest of, of, of indie cards, but that's not where he was necessarily supposed to be. Uh, he was uh, uh, teaming a lot at this time uh, with Jervis Cottonbelly, so I think there's some tag uh, specialties on here uh, with Jervis uh, intended to kind of tag with him there. He, would, I think, just had a card uh, released around this time with um, uh, uh, with the Chikara Ashes um mm-hmm. that, that we had done so perfect timing uh to to, to include both of them in there uh any thoughts on marion here uh you know i like the card i like the art it, it it's weird because sometimes for for me i do i i i do wonder if it could have been a little stronger like it feels it feels yeah. pretty weak I mean, he's got four down threes on the card uh seven four pin so it just kind of felt like you know this is the to, to me you know not quite jobber level but pretty close i mean anytime you get four down threes on a card i mean you got three on on level three and, and one on level two i mean that's it's true it's, it's not it's not great you know <laughs> um but but that said you know I, I think the 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 look is great and i think the fit is great and 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 when you know when matched up with some of the other cards you know in the set and and obviously when we get to the second set or chikara cards i feel like he's got a decent shot with some folks yeah. um but but yeah, yeah kind of like I still kind of wish it was a little stronger. Yeah, no, nah, you probably could have been. Yeah, and, and I will. Admit, so one other thing I will add: I don't do a lot of stats uh, for a lot of the Phil Singer Games products. Uh, although I guess now with the FTR, I've I'm now <laughs> doing a couple there. Uh, but old wrestling was always the one where I made an exception. I did a lot of the stat. I did most. I think all the stats for all the old wrestling cards. Um, so nice. one of the very very few. Um. 
So uh, you can blame me on that one. But uh, <laughs> I blame, um, so, blame you hard. Uh, another card here was Big Sue Jackson. Um, you know, he did you know did some work in the, in the Midwest there, but definitely a big part of old wrestling. Um, you know, he was you know large large guy there and had some really unique moves like the steamroller, which uh, was a guy laying down and then he would just go lay down on the mat and then just roll on top of him. That was the steamroller, which was uh, pretty funny. But uh, yeah. uh, the close shaver, I think he had a whole thing with like a, a where he would shave off mustaches of people and stuff like that at the time. So definitely <laughs> a little, little bit of that into there. Um, we did have the old timer, Jeff King, um, uh, this car, yeah, somebody uh, big, I think usually, uh, I think later years, he had a big beard and stuff there. Not I could in the first show he did, he did not. Uh, but this is kind of old the veteran in the Midwest that you kind of see on certain indie shows, but, uh, kind of kept the same gimmick for here. And he had a, his bear hug challenge that he would do. So he's got the double bear hug uh, <laughs> finisher on there. That was his big thing. It was his bone crushing bear hug. Uh, any thoughts here on uh, big Sue or Jeff King? Um, I thought, you know, big, big Sue, what a great card and what a, you know, what a, just a great, uh, um, gimmick um I, I i love uh sue jackson and 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 i just thought it was yeah it was a great card and fit perfectly with the set uh no doubt and um i thought that like the offense on this one you, you know was was really cool i mean you get an add one in there and you know you've got a lot of moves that i think you could easily visualize somebody mm-hmm. this large doing right um yeah. which is cool and uh as for you know as for jeff king i think that like it's interesting because you know Jeff is uh, um, has been around a long time now. You know he's he's, he's wrestled like twenty plus years, uh, kind of in, in in the Midwest and stuff. And uh, I, I think that he's a guy that uh, I almost would like to get another card for. You know because I feel like he's done some some really 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 great stuff on the indies, um, and 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 he's added a lot of deathmatch stuff to his repertoire as well. Yeah, so it would be, I've seen him pop him, so yeah. Yeah, so it'd be really, really, really interesting. Uh, I think to get a different card for him, um, um, maybe at some point. But that said, uh, I, I think it's cool that we've got him in the game. And I thought that this, you know, it was another another cool card and another cool gimmick. Um, you know, with the obviously he's, he's a small guy, but the bear hug is. Uh, is usually a move you see reserved for the for the biggest of the big, uh, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, so but but uh, they, that was his that was his thing. I thought it was great. I think I forget it was like a ten thousand dollar bear hug challenge or something like that, <laughs> like to <laughs> escape his bear hug. And yeah, they, they they definitely played up a lot of that, which which was great. And then uh, probably the strongest card in the set was the uh, champion who's been the champion in old wrestling from day one and and is still to this day our world champion, Matthew Cross. Um, We did uh, have a a card for Matt Cross in AIW, I think maybe later later on than this. Uh, Matt Cross loved this art. He made a T-shirt himself using the art as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's a really nice piece there. And, uh, yeah, overall, his, uh, you know, he's got the bow and arrow in here as his finisher. Um, you know, I tried to make a lot of the uh, the flagpole press. I think that's where he would uh, kind of uh, hold himself vertically on, like, the outside ring 
uh, pole and then drop himself onto somebody, which was kind of an interesting move. You know, very Kaiser good core machine. strength to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Yeah, just a machine. Yeah, I I think you know Matt Cross is awesome, and I, I love the art. I completely agree. I think this art, the thing about this art is that you look at it, and it's just, it's everything you want from old wrestling, right down mm-hmm. to the look of the belt. You know what I yeah. mean? Like everything about it says like, wow, like this is I'm, I'm getting something different here, um, and, and and that holds true because you go look at his you know his AIW card, and you're getting a completely different. Matt Cross. Oh there. yeah, you, you know, uh, obviously, you know the 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 art, but I mean, the move set is is very very different. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, love this card uh, and and think it's 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 a great headliner, if you will, for the set. Yeah, yeah. I tried to do you know most of the move sets in here. I I, I tried to take what they did in old wrestling, which you know yeah. sometimes a little tougher. I sometimes had to fill in with some matches outside for certain guys, especially in set two, but uh, and maybe even to that, this set a little bit too, just since there was only one show to go off of at this point, maybe two actually, because they did, they did do a, a spring show as well. Um, that was the, like the one that they held in the speakeasy uh, was, was <laughs> one of their, their, their other gimmicks that they had there. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, some of the venues there are some really cool venues that they would run in and they'd really play it up there too. Um, uh, so then we go to old wrestling two. Uh, this one have featured a couple tag teams, our first women's wrestler as well. Uh, so we'll kind of start off with the, uh, team of, uh, clean and jerk, uh, who you might also known as the Jollyville efforts. Um, you know, or whatever, you know, if you do want to swear, I don't want Mike to get mad at me. Uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, clean and jerk here are um, uh, the, the the tag team there, and and I know they want to have their 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 regular uh, indie guy indie personas. Um, you know, nasty Ross in particular has asked me before, can we get our regular ones? I'm like, oh, hopefully we can fit you in one day. <laughs> uh, but I know they they enjoyed being in the game. Um, but you know, overall, he's glad to get them in there. But yeah, maybe someday we'll we'll get the the jolly boys from Jollyville in there as well. <laughs> they're the jolly here. They're the Jollyville Jeepers uh, was was their their tag team name because you know the uh, the efforts didn't quite fit in with the squeaky clean uh, old wrestling uh, family entertainment. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a family show. It's a family show. Um, and then the other tag team here is uh, Representative Gavin Volstead and Senator Cameron Shepard. Uh, these are the uh, the politicians that came in trying to stop the old moonshiners from doing their business there. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's a two, two, two uh, Midwest guys. I don't think we have seen a ton of their stuff, you know, really in may other major feds. Um, but mm. yeah, I think they did a great job with the characters that they portrayed here in old wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I like these cards a lot and, and I think you know, both tag teams, um, they, they bring a lot to the table, which is, which is really cool because, uh, you know, to, to add to this to the, your old wrestling repertoire or even just your indie repertoire, it's always nice to have, uh, you, you know, some tag teams, but again, the gimmicks, uh, you know, the gimmick in particular for Volstead and Shepard is, is great. I, I love that. And, uh, it's, you know, for, for anybody who's a U.S. history buff at all, uh, there's, there's a lot going on there, not only with the gimmick, but the names and everything. And it's, uh, 
that. It's, it's yeah. Cool. No, there's, pretty, there's pretty really cool. a lot of history behind it. Yeah, really, the guys behind Prohibition had these names and whatnot. So yeah, yeah the Volstead yeah. Act and all that's there. So yeah, they they definitely did a little history with this, which was was kind of fun. Um, now to go with them is of course uh, the evil Judge Hugo Black, that son of a no, um. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, looks a little bit like Ricky Shane Page, I don't, I don't a little know. bit. A little, a little bit, bit. yeah. Little oh, bit and you know that. what? You know what? Let's let's give him his full due here. Judge Hugo Lexington Black. Thank you, <laughs> Judge Hugo Lexington Black. You're absolutely correct. Uh, but yeah, his his stats are not very good because you know he that's not necessarily his role. Uh, you know, he, right. he, he was there as a minute manager capacity at the beginning. He uh, did step in for some. Uh, you know, six man tag action, and then uh, in one of the funniest matches I've ever seen, he did wrestle in a wheelchair. <laughs> um, and uh, it, you have to go, you have to see if you can find the clip online of him wrestling a match in a wheelchair. Oh, oh it, it's it's like literally on their website. Like you go to oldwrestling.com oh, yes. you and you scroll all the way down to the bottom, it's like right there. Like they you don't, don't need... gotta go very far. No, yes, exactly. No. <laughs> No, they don't want you to. They don't want you to miss that. And it's worth it's worth noting too that old wrestling's on IWTV. So if you got it IWTV, yeah, you, you can, can go back and yeah. watch a lot of those there too. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that, definitely, I was very happy to get the the Judge Hugo one. Great, great character uh, portrayed there. Yeah. Um, and uh, kind of like opposite of uh, of him is the Moonshiners, which we do have represented here with none other than Jock Sampson. <laughs> uh, with his moonshine jug, I think this character came out really nice. Yeah, um, but uh, Jock, you know, Jock has been around a lot in the uh, West Virginia area, I think in particular, but uh, in other areas in the Midwest, and fit right into here. You know, with that with that faction there, kind of going against the politicians. I, I thought he did a great job. Oh yeah, I, 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 without a doubt. I, I think it's you know I think it's a cool card. I think the artwork's great, uh, and um, yeah, it's a, 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 again it's another really nice piece uh, of the story when it comes to old wrestling. And I think the nice thing that that set two did uh, in general really was it gave you the opportunity to really run an old wrestling fed. Like the the first mm-hmm. set, you know, the first it's four cards, and yeah, there are other wrestlers that we have, in particular like Chikara wrestlers and some of the other indie wrestlers right. that took part in old wrestling. You could certainly build event but i think that once you got old wrestling 2 all of a sudden now you you had like ready made storylines you had ready made you know stuff to to, to really kind of kick off an old wrestling fed if you wanted to run one which i think is cool no absolutely and i think one of the other guys in the um that was in this faction was chuck taylor so a couple of yeah. the guys that we had in 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 chikara we didn't necessarily do cards for here to hoping that you know you can kind of piece in i'm trying to find see if i can find a copy of the handbook because I thought that we did list those in there as well. Like uh, which other guys you could. Uh, you did. I can't find the handbook either. It doesn't look like it's available via. Yeah, I wonder if something uh, happened with that. Yeah. I'll have to dig that up later on, but um, yeah. So that we did. Uh, yeah. So we did have, um, you yeah, know, did have a listing of guys that you could bring in uh, to kind of fill out some of the factions and really build up doing a whole fed. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I can I'll see if I can find it in the meantime. Um so kind of continuing along here, uh we did have a couple more guys. Um what do I do here? 
There we go. Uh, we did have two more cards in the set. We did have Nicholas Valentino um, and uh, from Brooklyn, because you're going to need to have a, an old school New Yorker in there. Right. Um, yeah, he definitely is a big character that was in a lot of the matches in the very early days of old wrestling. I don't think he's been as more recently as much there, but uh, he definitely did a lot in those early days. And then we had. Um, Mary Elizabeth Monroe, the bearded lady, uh, as part of this. Uh, and I thought this, you know, a couple, a couple female matches. I think she took on Thunder Kitty. We had just done, mm-hmm. done a Thunder Kitty card and shimmer around the same time to have, uh, so this is kind of her, her, uh, big rival at that point. But, uh, it's good to have bring in, uh, bring her into the set too. Kind of looks like an Amish, uh, Kelly Klein. A little bit like that, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> How many people can I offend tonight? Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I, you know, I love these cards, and and uh, I think um, you know, the Mary Mary Elizabeth Monroe card came out great. Uh, you know, she she'd also, of course, had a little mini feud with Heidi the Riveter, who, of course, is is Ruby Soho. Um, and, uh, uh, we had two cards for her. Um, so you could easily, you know, bring, bring one of those cards in. The nice thing is, you know, some of the cards, like you said, it, you know, Chuck Taylor, fine. You know, the, the, the Heidi card would probably need, like you could use it as is and it would be fine. Right. But you would probably modify it if you were going to make a Heidi, the Riveter card, you know what I mean? Like you would probably yeah. change stats a little bit. Um, uh, 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 the the one card though you wouldn't have to change anything about if you wanted to bring them in, of course, is Thunder Kitty because Thunder Kitty's gimmick is is that she's you know from the fifties, uh, so you know wrestles that 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 style of women's wrestling. So uh, she would fit in. She would fit in well. Yeah, I think that was wrestling. the perfect reason why she was brought in. Yeah, she right? did not have to change much with her there. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, you did mention uh, Heidi the Riveter, and she's actually returning this weekend. That's right, at Old Wrestling, which is pretty neat. I know she, I know she really enjoyed being part of that. You know, before she went off to uh, NXT WWE, uh, that was one of her favorite uh, places to wrestle. So it was really cool to see her coming back uh, for those shows uh, for the show this weekend. All right, so those are the main sets. However, we did continue right. doing some, some cards after that uh, as part of Promoter Prime. So once Promoter Prime came out, that kind of gave us the opportunity to kind of continue doing a couple cards, you know, you know, a few one or two cards a year. Uh, in Promoter Prime 2015, uh, which was a digital-only set, we did have one card, and that was for the El Paso Kid Gregory Iron. Uh, which I think that one came out pretty, pretty nice. Oh, yeah. There. yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, it, it looks great. And, uh, uh, yeah, add, add something new to the, to the fed for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I know Gregor really wanted a copy of the card. I'm like, oh, it's the PDF only. I can give you the artwork there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe someday if we do print these up, maybe we can get it. The, the flying burrito is his finisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> from El Paso, Texas, uh, Gregory iron. Uh, I think if it's not mistaken, he got, what was it? Was it the sp- Bad case of the Spanish flu or something like that that uh, that, oh, that no. uh, resulted uh, there, but you know that's all right. <laughs> um, 
Let's see. And then uh, we did continue it on for the next couple of years. So Promoter Prime 2016, we did uh, actually we did do two cards that year. That's right. One was for uh, Burley Bill Taylor. Um, Bill, I know, had done some work in the mid Midwest. I haven't really seen too much of him outside of the old wrestling. He did team a lot with uh, Jock Sampson. I kind of think he originally started as a heel and then kind of went to the Davy Face side, kind of working with the Moonshiners at that point. Nice. I think if I'm not mistaken, one of the first shows he came in, drove in with like some really old car, maybe not a Model T, but something not that much, you know, (laughs) uh, not that much, uh, you know, newer than that. And then uh, the other card is, uh, you know, for one of my favorite guys, uh, (laughs) you know, Dick Justice, but here, Agent Dick J. LaHart. Um, and uh, definitely had some fun with his car, uh, the little heart punch as this finisher on uh, there that had to be put in there. Oh, yeah. Um, his height and weight are classified. You, you, you don't <laughs> can't know that, you know, it's it's the agent keeps the secrets there. Uh, he is having a match this weekend against Buster Buckaroo, who looks an awful lot like the El Paso kid under a mask. I don't know, it's uh, it's quite you know. <laughs> You know, they, they, those, those guys have had their issues in the past. It's a badge versus mask match. So that, that'll be pretty interesting uh, uh, to see how that story goes. Uh, yeah, we don't see too much from uh, Dick Justice these days in the wrestling ring, but I know he's always part of the old wrestling extravaganza. There's a couple other guys. like That's their one wrestling match a year is, is for this, which is, is really neat. Yeah, that's cool. And then uh, we'll continue on in Promoter Prime 2017. We did two cards that year as well. We have um, Louis Linden under his uh, Felino Blanco. Blanco. Yeah. I think it was Felino Rojo at one and Felino Blanco, but that's the one we kind of went with here. Um, and so, yeah, Louis, we wanted to make sure we did a card uh, for him as well. He was a big part of those early days of the old wrestling he was the 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 one luchador that they brought in uh you know the high flying guy usually a lot of matt based old school wrestling he was the one flyer that they really had going around nice and then dr jacob omen who was a uh would sell various uh tonics and and whatnot to, to heal you uh but yeah he was uh not necessarily a good guy here uh he did have a special uh, mechanic in here where he could take a drink of his magic elixir and it might do different things uh during the match uh uh for him and you know that that kind of continue on so th- definitely a lot of fun putting this one together yeah i i, I think that uh, they turned out great uh you know i i, I like them a lot and i think that the other thing that's really cool especially about the the felino blanco is it, it again it you know brings something kind of different to uh to the table for old wrestling and you know the idea of like this like old 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 school masked wrestler and you know how the audience would react how other people would react you know the the uh, the the moves the you know some of the high flying stuff and everything uh, it's it's pretty cool especially knowing that like you know a guy like Matt Cross like toned down all, a lot of his flying you know and just oh yeah like you totally. know at wrestling um, and so it's cool to be able to have uh, to have a wrestler come in and be able to to take flight compared to some of the other wrestlers yeah yeah uh let's see so then i think the next two years we did do some uh other ones yep. just uh oh do i not give myself 
That's the Indies 2018. Okay, I know there was. <laughs> I don't think I've given myself. Uh, oh no, it's best of the. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the one. There we go. Yeah, we go. Indies 2018. There we go. Bruno uh, Moretti. Bruno Moretti. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. This this one here. Uh, you know the the, the bruiser uh, from. Uh, you know who wants to know? You know. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah. This is. Uh, um, you know. Big fan of him and his regular gimmick, uh, but uh, you know, wanted to make sure he was part of of the old wrestling game as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this is this is a ton of ton of fun getting getting him in the in the set. And then we did do um, one more card in Indies twenty nineteen, uh, which we did a poll for, and I the- forget all the options. I do remember that. RJ Metropolis was one of them. Uh, you know, RJ City was RJ Metropolis, the, uh, the Hollywood uh, um, actor. Uh-huh. Uh, I forget who some of the other ones, but the, the one that was a runaway one is I kind of thought it would be. It was Simple Monkey. Gotta uh, be. Gotta yeah, be so, Simple Monkey. Gotta be Simple Monkey. So I, I did remember hearing that. Uh, yeah, I think I'd seen Marion around that time and heard that uh, Space Monkey was coming in. And I'm like, well, he he's got to be a a symbol monkey, you know, for the for the, uh, the organ grinder, right? And he's like, well, of course. What else can we do with him, you know? Uh, so yeah, he was a lot of fun. I know there was the one mechanic here uh, where you would wind up his tail, and then he would kind of go like like a, like the old, um, you know, like the wind up uh, symbol monkey, oh, yeah. the toy. So he would play that up, and then obviously do the tail whip. Uh, there's the banana mechanic in there. Uh, so this, this one was just a ton of fun to put together. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it is, it's a fun card. I, I, I dig it. Uh, you know, it's in, in, in a way it's too bad that it's the, the last one, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's, it's cool that we, uh, you know, that at least, at least we, uh, we have it. And I got cut off here on the online card, but I believe he weighs a whole lot of bananas. <laughs> I'm not mistaken. I'm looking at the online card, but I believe that that is uh, that is his weight. I love it when we could play with some of the cards that maybe aren't as serious. There, we can kind of play around with some gimmicks with the height and weight. I always like to do that a little bit. So oh, yeah. Well, hopefully people thing. don't mind too much. So. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I think that that's, it fits perfectly with kind of the whimsical nature of old wrestling. And yeah. you could absolutely see, and I mean, hear and go and watch because it's how it's done. But, y- you know, the ring announcer coming out and, and announcing them as, as this, you know, it's like Bruno Moretti is real big and real tall. And, you know, where are you for who wants to know? So it's like, it's the same thing here. It's like he's a barrel full of bananas. And, and I, I think it fits perfectly. And I like it. Um and it's like you were saying, they endeavor to bring something completely different to the table. And I think that, that you know, they're to be applauded for that. It, you know, it's too bad that some of these guys, it's like that's their, their one night a year or whatever that they wrestle. And I just think that uh, there's a lot of really cool, fun stuff about wrestling that sometimes gets a little lost in the weeds because, you know, we take it seriously. But uh, but yeah, but I like I like that we can have a little you know, fun with this there. Yeah, and it's cool because seeing some of the guys. I mean, making a debut. I'm just kind of looking through the Twitter right now. I see that the uh, the main event or TME uh, is coming there. It's a Dogpile Duke and Gannon the Cannon no, uh, awesome. making their debut um, as part of World Wrestling. Uh, trying to see who else got added in here. Um, I know that. Um, 
uh, that was at the Marino, um, the Philly Marino experience. They have a gimmick there as part of that, of old wrestling. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Anybody else? Trying to see what other things they've announced. I haven't really, I haven't seen too many announcements here. Uh, oh, I see Symbol Monkey is tagging up with Big Sue Jackson. Um, nice. Oh, Jock Sampson versus Roscoe Grime. It looks, I believe it looks like Derek Dillinger. I'm not quite sure there. Oh yeah, there we go. It's the Ru- it's Runes Goons. That's uh, the TNA <laughs> uh, taking on uh, the Shoeshine Boys, who is the Marino Philly Marino Experience. Uh, so yeah, obviously those two teams have had some great matches in their regular gimmicks. So I'm sure they will not disappoint as part of this. Um, Matthew Cross is defending the championship against the immovable object. Uh, Felino Polanco is making his return against. Sticky fingers. It looks like some type of old school robber there. I'm not sure who's underneath the mask on that one. Uh, Judge Hugo versus Marion Fontaine in a mystery tag match. Um, didn't mention the badge versus mask for Asia Lahart against Buster Buckaroo. Uh, Mr. Crummles against Tony Swirl. So uh, Crummles from the Crummles and the Farge tag team from uh, uh, from Chikara. Uh, Ruby the Riveter taking on Dawn Delivery, who is uh, Abby Jane, another woman wrestler who's kind of getting some buzz in the, on the East Coast here. Um, and I think that's about it. I think that's all that's, that's been announced so far, but I'm sure there might be a couple other fun things. There's always a bunch of skits and other things kind of going in between. Uh, folks, uh, I mean, tickets are only 15 bucks and five dollars for kids. I mean, that's the most nice thing they always do a cheaper price for kids, yeah, uh, which is neat. Um, at they do some uh fundraising for some local area charities as part of it. Uh, it's at the fairgrounds there, and um, you know, people do you're encouraged to come dressed in their 1920s best, uh, for that. I, I like, I like it when uh, you know, the, the audience is encouraged to kind of dress the part as yeah. part of uh, some shows you see that in certain certain ones here and there and i think this this is probably the best example of that yeah no i i think that is that is pretty cool uh audience participation is encouraged um oh, I, I see it's it's eddie only is actually the guy playing the robber sticky fingers there okay so. spoilers jeez spoiler i'm sorry, uh, sorry. No, i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding we should get that guy signed um yeah, you know, it's uh, get on the get on the thing. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, I I think it's cool. You know, the funny thing is, is I have seen so very little of old wrestling, and now I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna fix that because uh, I don't know. It's <coughs> bless you. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I'll edit that out. Hopefully, I'll remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, usually, I, I I couldn't even hit mute in time. It just it just happened so fast. Anyway, uh, um, one one of the things you should definitely check out is the first ever cage match, which is you know, um, uh, we, you know, it's in the nineteen twenties. You know, there was no still cage matches before that, so they had the first ever one. Uh, very very unique style cage with like chicken wire and stuff like that that Marion did build himself. Wow, uh, he told me so. Yes, <laughs> very very unique. That's amazing. That yeah, that I, that's definitely something I got to see. Um, yeah, you know, it's fascinating going back and even just looking at like the merch on their website. There's, uh, which by the way, you know, 
price wise, going back to your point about tickets, I mean, most of these DVDs are like five bucks. Uh, uh, you know, the stickers are like a dollar, two dollars, buttons, two dollars. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's yeah. crazy the, the, how inexpensive things are. They're, they're basically 1920s prices. Not quite. There you right. go. Um, <laughs> um, also, there's a Filsinger card pack that you can pick up with uh, Symbol a Monkey and Babyface of Bruno Moretti for two dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it's cool. I'm glad that we were able to kind of do this and put a spotlight on old wrestling because they're definitely two uh, of kind of the more fun and interesting sets. You know, mini sets, uh, especially with that first one that that Filsinger Games has, has put out. And I think that if you're a fan uh, of Chikara and and you know have ever run any of your Chikara feds. It would be so easy to to bring the old wrestling guys into Chikara or vice versa, do an old wrestling fed with Chikara wrestlers and other indie wrestlers. So um, this has been cool, Todd. I, 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 you know, again, I don't know much about old wrestling um, because I haven't seen much of it, but uh, it's always fun to to kind of go back and and look at some of the stuff that I'm not as familiar with and, and it gets me jazzed to kind of take a quick look. And the nice thing about old wrestling is you could just do a one night card, just have some fun and do sure. something different, you know, spice things up, uh, uh, which is something that I feel like sometimes we don't do enough. I know that there are a lot of promoters out there that probably do that, but, uh, I know I don't. And I know, you know a lot of other promoters focus, you know, on their feds, right. They focus so much on their feds and making a fed work and doing all this. And it's just sort of like, Sometimes just roll to roll, right? You know, just play to play. Yeah. You don't have to have a master plan. Yeah, sometimes too. Sometimes you're in between stuff. Yeah, pull out something different. Play something a little different. Yeah, he's like a one night card, a little uh, tournament here and there. You know, mix it up yeah. a little. Uh, or you can just do it in online if you want to just you know do something different there too. Well, so. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what I was getting ready to ask. Of course, you know, old wrestling, uh, you can get old wrestling one and two available online as well as the promoter prime cards. Here's a question. Now, of course, some of those prime cards were digital release only, but as far as the actual physical sets go, we do have some sets that are you know currently either out of stock or going out of print. I don't know. Uh, but old wrestling, where do they stand as far as what we've got in stock? Do do you know? We still have some stock of it, not a you know, not a ton, ton, but uh, I think we have enough there. But you know, I think if, you know if people want to pick pick it up. I, I definitely would encourage them to do so. Um, yeah, I think we can. Uh, yeah, they, they say it's not going to last forever, uh, but uh, I think we got enough to to last a little while longer. And hopefully, people you know after listening to this do go go out and pick it up because yeah. I think it's a lot a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I think so, it, you can throw some of these guys in if you're doing like a vintage fed too. You're doing a vintage fed. Some of these guys point. can some of your undercard talent maybe, or, you know, you mix it in for something fun and different in there too. Like they can very, very easily fit in there. There you go. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. So uh, get your orders in. If you don't already own the old wrestling sets, if you do, uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you've done with them. You know, have you have you run an old wrestling extravaganza? Have you integrated them into your Chikara Fed? Have you done something completely different? We would love to hear about it. So feel free to not only leave us a message on the uh, Phil Singer Games message board, but also, of course, you can go to the Phil Singer Games website over to the podcast page and one of the first things you should see is a little button that you can click and record a message and we will play that message on the air uh with your questions comments even your hate mail at this point um so send us send us audio messages we would we would love to have some um let's see so that's all we've got for old wrestling um what else is going on at fed hq right about now 
Well, we are in the uh, you know started teaser season there. That'll kind of continue on for the next few weeks. Um, we will um, um, yeah be continuing on with the Champions of the Galaxy in the Indies teasers for a bit. We will get did mention before we'll have some Legends Prime teasers coming up. We'll also probably uh, sometime uh, in sometime in September, uh, maybe towards the end, we'll announce what's going on for our uh, fall virtual con. I don't even know what the date of it is yet, but I'm sure we'll, we'll mention that. And I think we might even do a, um, a, uh, some other, uh, events where people can participate in. In fact, I think there is one that I'm looking at, uh, you know, maybe even doing another live podcast like, like we did before. Uh, if you're up for that, Sam, absolutely. I know there's a, you know, um september 14th in particular sounds like a good day to me if it works for you we'll have to see that that is my birthday uh and i think maybe doing a live birthday tournament's maybe not the worst idea in the world or yeah we can not working out that day but maybe somewhere around that i think uh we might be looking to do something then oh oh i could i could totally do the 14th okay Cool. Well, maybe we uh, make that happen. <clears throat> all right, cool. I, I think even Clayton with Mike, I think that's one day he might be available uh, to actually join us there, too. So uh, be on the lookout whoa, whoa, whoa. for that. I, I, I didn't want to put too much on his plate, okay? I don't want to <laughs> overload it. I, I, I did get a copy of his uh, some of his schedule of things, and I know he's got stuff on the 13th and 15th, but the 14th seemed clear. So I think we might be, we might be good. The trio, so, the trio will be reunited yeah, with some other guests, though, too. I'm hoping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't just be the three of us idiots talking. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> that'll be cool. Uh, that would be awesome. Uh, I'd love to do that. Uh, I had a lot of fun, obviously, with the last live one, and uh, you know, just kind of having that that feel of knowing people are listening to you right then and there, and and some of the comments that people are bringing in, which is really cool to have that commentary. Uh, is, is is a lot of fun. Um, it's something that you know with the Quantum Leap podcast that we're gearing up for because, of course, the new series premieres in less than a month now. Uh, What's the premiere date on that? September 19th. Oh, nice. Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, Yeah, so we're going to do like a live watch along um, and then immediately after the episode uh, finishes up, we're going to record kind of a quick reaction episode live with whoever's, you know, still in the room or whatever, uh, able to kind of not chime in on an audio level, but certainly, you know, throw some comments out there and, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, man. It's all happening. It's all happening. I got these rehearsals going on. I got, I, I, you know, tomorrow I'm going to leave the house probably around 10 AM and I won't get back until almost midnight. Uh, and then Thursday, uh, another rehearsal, which will go probably until almost midnight. And then, uh, actually the rehearsal won't go until midnight. It'll only go until 11. Uh, but I won't get home probably until almost midnight. And then, uh, and then Friday the show opens. Uh, so I'll be there for opening night. So it's just, it's, it's a lot, a lot, a lot on my plate. And then I got another rehearsal on Sunday. So, um, you know, there's a lot going on, two podcasts and, the gig. And then that's not to mention, of course, that I spend my days, you know, from about seven o'clock in the morning until five o'clock at five thirty at night, uh, as the the full time stay at home dad for, for my two lovely kids. So there's not a lot of there's not a lot of time for Sam right now. Uh but but that's okay because I, I love doing this and it gives me the opportunity to talk about something that I love uh with you, which is awesome. So yeah. um 
That's great. Yeah, and uh, and of course, keep bringing all of you that are listening right now. Um, you know, new content, interesting content. We didn't really get a chance to check in with our feds, but I'm curious, Todd. Did you have a chance to run out uh, night two of your Centra? Uh, I I ran up until the last two matches. I haven't okay. run those last two matches yet, so maybe we'll give an update next week. Sure, uh, sure. On, on everything that's going on with that. Uh, what did you any- think of what what you got through thus far, though? Uh, so far, so good. Some interesting uh, results as part of that. I did get through both the elimination matches, uh, which had some really interesting results there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll recap it all together. I'll yeah. Give it, I'll give an update on that next week once I get those last uh, two matches done. I might even. Uh, I don't think I get a chance to do it tonight. I've already done two podcasts tonight, so yeah, I don't right. think so. Uh, but yeah, definitely before next week, I'll have an update on that, and maybe we can share. Maybe we'll have Mike on too, and he can share some of yeah, what's going on. I think he said he might be able to make next week, so we'll see. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but uh, before we go, I did want to give uh, one shout about uh, something you know they did this past weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So this the, this past weekend, I um, you know, so as many know, I am a, a scout leader. I was a cub master, not scout master, Milton. I know you keep on calling me Scoutmaster. I'm not a Scoutmaster. I was a Cubmaster. But I took part in something called Wood Badge, which is a kind of adult, advanced adult leader training in Scouts. So it is kind of like if you take a corporate leadership training and spin it around a little bit and kind of set it in the woods and set it uh, uh, kind of focused on like how to you know, lead and kind of help, um, you know, young men and women, uh, lead, you know, other, other, um, uh, you know, other, uh, other scouts. And it was, I gotta say, it was a really, really neat experience with, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, a lot of high energy going on. I've got to say, I don't think I've been as part of many sing-alongs ever in my life as I had the three days this past weekend. Uh, and like every time you went on and uh, in and out of different things, they were kept on being like, all right, it's time to steal. They start this one song where they, you know, everybody would have to do that. They had to broke into groups. Uh, like, but if you've ever been in anybody's familiar with scouts, you know, um, you have uh, patrols, right? Which is the group of of uh, of the bo- you know boys or girls. Now there's girls troops too. Uh, so they devoted divided us into patrols, and we had to work together as them to do stuff. Like we made our patrol flag, and we had our patrol cheer and stuff like that. And <laughs> as we were singing, you know, we had to sing our part of the song for our thing. So we were the owl patrol is uh is that which fits for me because i'm a night owl so it worked well for me um but uh you guys say it was a lot of fun it's like you know you you kind of got to play it, there's some goofiness there but you kind of got to play into the goofiness and i definitely appreciated it and sure. just i think i think more so than anything i really you know appreciated you know it's all run by volunteers so like it's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. you know helping train us as volunteers right we we're being our time to be part of it but then also the people going and training us are people who've already been through it before and they're coming back and they got so much out of it. They kind of came back, they come back and they help the next ones out. And you can tell they really get into it and really enjoy it. But, you know, I gotta say it's, it's really cool that there's, you know, so many people who uh, that are out there who are just looking to do good things for uh, the young people out there kind of helping to inspire the next generation and, you know, some of the things, you know, there's obviously, you know, there's been some bad things with, with the Boy Scouts in the past, uh, you know, some, some 
band experiences that folks have had. And I know they've done a lot of changes to try to, you know, help make sure that that's not, you know, some of the things that they've had some recent lawsuits for uh, are not, you know, a thing in the future. There's definitely a lot of things that they're taking part of that. And I think a lot of things also around diversity in the scouts too, that's been some issues in the past. They're definitely addressing that. There's a whole new badge that's now required for Eagle called citizenship and society that, uh, you know, part of my whole thing there, I got to do a couple of uh, different things that I think that, you know, would help, help scouting as a whole is kind of my thing kind of coming out of all the training. And one of the things I think I'm going to do is be a bear bench counsel for this, but it's all about really understanding diversity and promoting diversity uh, amongst uh, the, the the scouts. And I think it's really kind of refreshing seeing a lot of that and just it's overall just kind of seeing the passion that people have and just, you know, just what a good, you know, uh, just a whole positive experience out of it. And so I just wanted to share that with everybody here on the podcast uh, after kind of going through that this weekend. Nice. I will say the one thing that was not good was, you know, sweating uh everywhere in the 90 degree heat including in oh. my bunk at night oh. with i'm like where is the air conditioning <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, I would not I, I, just, I would not do well under that yeah it was it was a little rough at times there but you know i made it through it there uh but uh, that you know, some of the drawbacks there and and having to get up before six o'clock in the morning is not necessarily my strong suit but i did it pro <laughs> um and and survived but uh, yeah but uh yeah but overall no it was a really good experience i just kind of want to share a little bit with everybody here that's very cool that's that's super cool actually i uh, i like that a lot it's you know that to be able to uh i, I think uh, attend something like that it, it, you always take lessons away from it that go beyond just you know, what you're like training for basically, yeah. you know, and, 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 and I always appreciate it when you can have that type of experience because you, you know, you, you don't always. So, um, but I think under the right circumstances you do. So that's really, that's, that's really cool. Um, and, uh, you're going to be an awesome merit badge counselor. I know. <laughs> and yes, I'm going to be an assistant scoutmaster. I think now with my son's new troop and, uh, Many things are going. I'm sure I'll be scoutmaster eventually. You know, I know. <laughs> you got your eye on the throne. I get it. I get it. Well, it's just you know, it just happens with me. I just kind of get involved with stuff, and I'm like, well, you know, then I just get overly involved. But you know, the, the, there's the, you need people like that. You know, there's the people yeah. that kind of help make things you know happen. So uh, I'm happy to do my part with that. I get a lot out of it, and uh, you know, it, it, it'll be pretty cool. And, and what's kind of funny is I'm going through this whole leadership thing now with the scouts, but then I also got nominated to go to this big leadership training with my regular day job too uh, in October. Uh, so it'd be really interesting seeing the the and contrasting the experiences between the uh you know the one that cost me you know two hundred dollars and i go sleep in the woods versus the one that's being held at the uh nice hotel and is costing my company maybe a couple thousand dollars between travel <laughs> and, and everything like that so we'll see which one's more effective i don't know I'm, i mean i have a feeling i have a feeling that this next one's gonna have less singing i don't know i could be it's, wrong. i think it's definitely gonna have a lot less singing <laughs> absolutely yeah at least i hope so <laughs> Uh, that's very cool. I, uh, I hope it goes well though. And, uh, I hope it brings you back some lessons that you can apply to oh, yeah. the rest of your life as well. I think so. 
Um, in the meantime, I just peeped the, uh, I can't believe I just used the word peeped as in I saw something or looked at something, but, uh, I did, I did. And I'm going to own it. Uh, the IWGP women's championship title belt plates were revealed, uh, just today. Well, technically tomorrow, given, you know, the international dateline, uh, in Tokyo sport, uh, in Japan. And, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is it's like, I appreciate so much the way that WWE did their titles because I feel like those women's titles look like, you know, titles, right? Like they, yeah. they, they're, they're just, they're on par with the men's titles. Uh, don't even get me started on the amazing beauty of the, uh, NXT UK women's championship, which is just like a, that's, that, that title's amazing. Anyway, uh, and, and, and yet I feel like, you know, we, we've seen it in AEW, um, with, the, with their women's championship. And now I feel like with this IWGP championship, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like the designers just sort of like, oh, it's for women. You know, it's like the idea that you walk into like uh, uh, the the toy section of a store and it's like they're so strictly delineated between like, oh, clearly these are the toys that are designed for girls, you know, and it's just sort of like, screw you, my daughter's going to play with whatever the hell she wants uh, and vice versa. Um, so, you know, if, 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 if Jude's enjoying the Barbies, then, then fine. Um, but anyway, uh, it, yeah, so it looks a little, it looks a little bit like that. And, and, and I would have mm-hmm. rather have seen something that looked like, you know, a new Japan belt, not actually, well, that's not true. Cause I think the IWGP world heavyweight championship is garbage compared to the old IWGP championship, but that's besides the point. Yeah. I there's a commonly held something right there. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, so anyway, uh, I just saw that and, and, and felt compelled to, to commentate. Um, yeah, I don't have anything that cool to, to talk about. So uh, obviously everyone knows my schedule now. Uh, but but uh, I, I think that's all we got this week. Uh, there's really not much else to address as far as what's going on in the game world and certainly nothing else going on uh, with old wrestling uh, other than the event this weekend in Ohio. So if you're going to be uh, in the vicinity, pick up a ticket for 15 bucks. Uh, go check out old wrestling and uh, pick up those sets uh, over at philsingergames.com uh, or of course head over to the discussion board and you can find the links uh, for the online because uh, the online the online links uh, the best place to go right now is the discussion board for discussion a lot of those, board right? is yeah. definitely the best place for that yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I certainly want to give a shout out to everyone else that's out there, uh, uh, talking about, uh, Phil Singer games and producing great content. Like, uh, of course our brethren over at the uncharted territory podcast. Uh, and you'll get to hear Todd, of course, on, uh, uncharted territory real soon. And, at, least, at least in the last two thirds of the show, you'll get to hear me. I mean, things. you say two thirds and, and, and the thing is like, to me, two thirds is a decent amount. Like it'd be one thing. I was there for more like, than half. I was there yeah. for 10 minutes. It's like, okay, that's fine. Then. Yeah, but but don't sell yourself short, man. I mean, two thirds like that's a decent. <laughs> I, I missed the change. T-shirt plug. That's the thing that bums me out. I wanted to be there for that. But, Look, know, you can go buy their T-shirts at tkostore.com. That's t e e k o store.com. Uh, so <laughs> there you go. A little free plug for you guys. You can buy, you can buy uh, ours there too. So. Oh yeah, that's right. We have T-shirts too, uh, and and you can kit yourself out in the newest roll-up uh, gear over at tkostore.com as well. That's t e e. K-O-Store. 
Com. Uh, I noticed that um, they've also partnered with some folks recently. Uh, I even I even saw a picture yesterday, and now I'm completely blanking on it because um, I don't have any notes in front of me because I rarely ever do because you know I'm not very professional. But uh, that said, uh, uh, check out uh, uh, the store just in general because um, there's some cool stuff uh, that you'll be able to to, to find. And, um, uh, MMA fighters, of course, uh, as well as as our gear. So uh, make sure you head over there and purchase some shirts. Uh, Pike Mojo thanks you um, and uh, of course Lee Longpree with Dizzy Dice Grant with the solo promoter uh, Brock and Mike uh, doing their thing over on Facebook with their character spotlight videos of course they talk a lot more about you know about a lot more besides just the character spotlight stuff Brock Atkinson of course has Brockster Builds channel on Twitch um, and, uh, let's see, we've got, uh, Dave Lilith after further review with the Heartland Wrestling, uh, as well. And, uh, that, that about does it. That's, that's about all we got. So, um, we're going to get out of here and, uh, I hope everyone in the meantime, um, take care of yourself, take care of one another, stay safe out there. Keep the dice rolling. Todd, any last words? Good night, Canada. Fantastic. Let's go home. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Roll Up. <laughs>